Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 48 called, For My Own Sake I Will Act. God says, for my own sake, 11, for my own sake, I will act. God will protect his name because if he wiped them out, imagine what the Gentile nations would say. This was God's chosen people. Even Moses said, what will the nations say? What will Egypt say if you wipe them out? For how, God says, can my name be profaned? The idea of profane, think of profanity. And my glory, I will not give to another. The word For profaned in Hebrew means to defile, pollute, to wound, to pierce, or to hollow out. God says, I don't want my name to be hollowed, emptied of its glory and power by what you do. So I'm going to work despite what you do, Israel. I'm going to rescue you or I'm going to turn this around for good For the sake of my name, to the glory of the praise of my grace, you can read Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14, where God basically says we are trophies of his grace. He chose us from the very foundation of the world, not because we were all that, but because God wanted to glorify his name in us in saving people like us. We are a trophy of his grace. So that's good news for those of us who struggle in this world with being weak and sinful. God is going to... Um, be true to his word. He says in Isaiah 42, 8, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. God will not give his glory, end of verse 11, to another. Listen to me, God says, O Jacob. Even Israel, whom I have called, I am he. I'm gonna write this story. I'm the first. I'm the Aleph. I am also the last, I'm the Tav, I'm the beginning, I'm the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning of the Hebrew uh, alphabet and the end of it, the beginning of the Greek alphabet and the end of it, however you want to say it. I'm the beginning and the end. I created it, I'm going to consummate it. That's who I am. God calls, but when God calls, there has to be someone who listens, right? Now notice the illustration that God will give. Look at 13. Surely my hand founded the earth. My right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, the created universe, what do they do? They stand together. Can you imagine having the power to call to the sun or to the moon? And if you said, hey, moon, shape up! And then the moon Okay, am I not looking good today, God? I'm sorry, right? God might say, you're looking a little cheesy today. You need to, sorry, I know. I thought you might need a little humor at this point, right? Can you imagine? Think of the ark. How did the animals get on the ark? I mean, if you were Noah and you had some pretty ferocious animals walking by, would you be a little freaked out? But see, God just calls to his created order. And when he calls to his created order, he said to the ocean, you can only go this far. And the ocean, whoop, stopped. That's power. 
He said to the stars, here's where you'll be, here's where you'll be, here's where you'll be, you'll be there, you'll be there, you'll be there. To the planets, you're going to rotate this way, you're going to rotate that way. And it was. And he said, let there be light. He called it out and light was. And he calls to his people made in his image and we go, I don't know. You see the illustration? I call to the nation that I created from the loins of Abraham. I call to them. The sun will stand up when I call. The moon, the polar bear, the oceans, whatever you want to talk about. But when I call to my people, they say, nah, I think we'll, I think we'll set up one of these idols that we made in the corner over here because they're more predictable. We can put them wherever we want and we can even make them say what we want and do it. We can even make them look like us. Ah. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Assemble, all of you, and listen. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. Now, this is uh, transferring over to Cyrus, the king of Persia. He shall carry out God's good pleasure, his good pleasure on Babylon. He's going to bring freedom to his people. His arm shall be against the Chaldeans. That's another name for the Babylonians. I, even I, have spoken. God is talking about the freedom that he's going to bring through the calling of a Persian warlord. You see, how do you, here's how it works. God, get, he uses the illustration of creation responding to his call. He says, my people didn't respond to my call, so I'll call a Persian. I'll call him from the distant country, and he'll come and bring freedom to my people. He'll be my shepherd. Because my, my, the people that should be the shepherds of my people, they don't shepherd my people. So I'll call a Persian king who's a Gentile pagan and he'll come as the rescuing hero to bring freedom to my people because he'll, he'll heed my call, they won't. You see that? Radical. And this is the story. He says, I've called him. I've brought him 15 and he will make his way successful. His military campaign will be blessed by God. Come near to me. Here's the word again. Listen to this, 16. From the first, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it took place, and now we're gonna see another figure introduced. We've talked about him in Isaiah 42, verses one through nine. Notice this, I was there, And now the Lord God has sent me, notice, and his spirit. All of a sudden, Cyrus begins to fall into the background and another shadowy figure emerges in the book of Isaiah. This is the second mention of him. And he is the servant of Yahweh. He is the Messiah. See, the one that's now being introduced is the ultimate Hero, the rescuer of while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The one who would bring the grace of God to the people of God. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, 17, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. Now, have you guys heard this verse taught on anywhere? Uh, This is kind of a well-known verse in word faith circles because they find isolated texts to try to make a case that the Lord wants you to be rich. And so this is, uh, this is one of the pet texts here. 
I'm the Lord who teaches you to profit. Okay? And so they say, you see, this verse means that God wants you to make a lot and a lot and a lot of money. He wants you to be wealthy. Now, just keep reading. Who what? Leads you in the way that you should go. The word profit means the gain, a gain, benefit, help, aid, what's beneficial and useful to you and your life. What do you think that God's most concerned about in human life, in the life of his followers? What kind of profit do you think that he wants you to be productive in? Hmm? Spiritual, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How difficult is it for a man, a rich man, to enter the kingdom of heaven? So you've got to keep, uh, keep this in mind. Um, this is one more in Jeremiah. This will be the last time we go over there, but look at this. This is Jeremiah 2. Just the next book to your right. Jeremiah 2. Look at verse... Eight. Seven. I brought you into the fruitful land, two seven, to eat its fruit and its good things. But you came and defiled my land, and my inheritance you made an abomination. The priest did not say, so when this happened, the question should have been, where is the Lord? The priest did not say, where is the Lord? Or those who handle the law did not know me. The rulers also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal, the false god, walked after things that what? Did not profit. Is that, does that have anything to do with money there? The things that did not profit really have to do with idolatry. That's the idea. One of the false gods was actually a god named Mammon, which is what Jesus talked about in the love of Mammon or money. Therefore, I will yet contend with you, nine, declares the Lord, and with your sons I will contend for cross to uh, the coastlands of Kittim and see and send to Kedar and observe closely. See if there has been such a thing as this. Has a nation changed gods, 11, when they were not gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does what? Not profit. Be appalled. Remember the heavens and the earth that respond to his call? God turns to them now and says, someone's going to listen to this. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Shudder. Be very desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, a broken cistern is kind of a picture of a place where water's not really uh, moving. You know how you have uh, moving water, like think of a river or a waterfall. Go back to Isaiah 48. And you've got kind of the water of life, the, the moving water, the living water. But if you ever have like a broken cistern, imagine a dirty bathtub that's been sitting there for five days. You kind of got the idea now. And the broken cisterns, here's what they did. They exchanged the living fount of living waters, God and all life that that draws out, and they exchanged it for what? Broken cisterns that can, can't even hold water anyway. Dead, stagnant water. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. 
Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. So if something is that, that's written down reflects poorly on what is being described or what is being reported on, if that reflects poorly, that lends to its credibility. Yes. Because normally we say, well, the writers are biased. Uh, regardless, we're not just talking about the New Testament. Any writer's biased, they want to get their point of view across. But what shows their objectivity or attempt to be objective is when they include information or facts that reflect poorly on themselves or the narrative they're trying to push. Yes, and, and so let's take a step further towards that. So when the women go to the apostles who are supposed to be the brave followers of Christ, right. they say... The, the women have lost their minds, to paraphrase. They do. They're just crazy tales. They, they don't believe it, which is another embarrassment yeah. because, of course, the, the documents go on to say that Christ is risen and it becomes crystal clear. But the, the way that it, this is written down, and we believe it corresponds exactly to what happened, is that they don't believe they have no faith. To listen to the Walk in Truth mini-sodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Kind of got the idea now. And the broken cisterns, here's what they did. They exchanged the living fount of living waters, God and all life that that draws out, and they exchanged it for what? Broken cisterns that can, can't even hold water anyway. Dead, stagnant water. And God says, this is the end of it. If, you, if only you had paid, 48.18, had paid attention to my commandments. If only. Then your shalom, your well-being, NIV, it says your peace, would have been like that moving water. It would have been like a river. You know, you would have been like that tree planted by streams of water that produces that fruit, right? You would have been a picture of life if you'd only paid attention. You'd have been like a river and your righteousness would have been like the waves of the sea. I like to... Walk on the ocean, uh, walk not on the ocean. <laughs> you say, who do you think you are, Pastor Michael? The, the beach, the sand. And listen to the sound of the crashing waves. And what's cool about them is they just keep coming and coming and there's power there, force. You know what? When you're living a life abiding in Christ, there's a supernatural power that you cannot know when you're compromising. And when you're, when you're planted by that river, man, you just feel it. I got to take you to one more. Go to Psalm, 87, Psalm 81. This is just so fitting for where we are on our nation's calendar. I want to give credit where credit is due. I heard John MacArthur comment on this. 
And I addressed it improperly. Hmm. That means in my notes, I put the wrong psalm. I'm just going to read it. You called in trouble and I rescued you. I answered you in the hiding place of thunder. I proved you at the waters of Meribah, Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you, O Israel, if you would listen to me. Let there be no strange God among you, nor shall you worship any foreign God. I, the Lord, am your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice and Israel did not obey me. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their heart to walk in their own devices. He says, oh, that my people will listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Listen to this. I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Those who hate the Lord would pretend obedience to him and their time of punishment would be forever. If my people would listen to me, listen to this as the context, I would feed you with the finest of, of the wheat, with the honey of the rock, I would satisfy you. Back to Isaiah and we'll finish it. It was 81. So that was that right? Okay. I don't know why I thought I had it wrong. Anyway, Isaiah 48. That's what God would do. That's what he said to Israel if they would just respond. 48.19. Your descendants would have been like the sand. Remember the promise that uh, the descendants of Abraham and Isaac would be like the sand of the seashore? 48.19. Your offspring like its grains. Their name would never be cut off or destroyed from my presence. And... They did not thirst, 21, when he led them through the desert. It's kind of a picture of the Exodus here. He made the water flow out of the rock for them. He split the rock. Babylon's um, departure, the, the captive's departure from Babylon is seen by scholars as a second Exodus. So that's what God is talking about. He wants them now to trust him to leave. He's saying, I want you to go. I want you to get out of Babylon. Verse 20, go forth from Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans, declare with the sound of joyful shouting. I want you to go out with praises, proclaim this, send it out to the end of the earth and say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. I want you to get out of there. Get out of there to sound familiar before I judge the place. Some of the people might not want to leave. 70 years is a long time to be someplace. God's saying, I'm going to judge the people. Cyrus is coming. Get out of there. It's reminiscent of Sodom and Gomorrah when Lot's wife turned back. And he's saying, just go. Get out. Flee from this place and and praise as you do and trust me that like I did in the Exodus from Egypt, I'll give you the water. I'll give you the nourishment that you need. Some of you tonight, maybe that's the call. Maybe that's an application. Some of you are... God's just saying, trust me, just do what I called you to do and I'll supply for you. And you're like, "Ah, I've been here 70 years, Lord. Right? I don't know. And when he split the rock, the water gushed out. Look at 22. Here's the deal breaker, final verse. All these promises are there. God is faithful. All he wants is a response of the heart. But he says, there is no peace for the wicked says the Lord. 
If you'll respond to my call, I've been calling. I showed you, I gave you a long taste of Babylon. Showed you what it's about. You were able to look at it up close. Okay, are you satisfied that life's not found there? Are you satisfied that life's not found in the idols? Are you satisfied that Nebuchadnezzar that looks so huge is about to be overrun? Are you satisfied that I am all you need? Would you just leave that place and come back home? I close with this story. I heard a story of a little girl who was at a shopping mall. And uh, I can't remember her age, but she was old enough to talk, three, four years old. And uh, somehow she got away from dad in the mall. And so she, she was in some local neighborhoods around the shopping mall. And she was just kind of flustered and, you know, didn't know what to do. And so she sat down on this man's front yard. And he looked out the window and saw this little girl sitting in his lawn. And he, what's she doing? So he goes, he goes up to her and he says, what's your name, sweetheart? I don't know. Where do you live, sweetie? I don't know. What's your phone number? I don't know. And she's just tearing up and the man didn't know what to do. So she goes, oh, wait, wait, wait. My daddy told me if this ever happens, we live by a church. It has a steeple and there's a cross on top. And if you take me to that cross, I'll find my way home. And that's where it's always found for believers. You've been listening to For My Own Sake, I Will Act, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 48. If you miss any part of today's program, you can listen to Part 1 and 2 when you follow Walk in Truth on the Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, listen to our new mini-sodes called A Step Closer. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, it had been 70 long years until Jacob was finally redeemed from Babylonian captivity. And the instruction is to shout for joy and give glory to God for their release, for God sending them back to the Holy Land. You know, we've had an incredible um, exodus of sorts, you could say. Maybe it's a reverse exodus, exodus from other places, and many people returning to the Holy Land. And that is awesome. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to go to Israel. Some of you have. Some of you may have gone with us. Uh, we've, we've gone twice. And uh, it, it's a beautiful thing to experience the Holy Land, to see um, the sites where much of biblical history is recorded. And yet at the same time, your heart goes out to the Jewish people for many reasons, including the fact that many don't believe in the Lord at all. And of course, uh, the majority reject Jesus as the Messiah. But there are some churches uh, in Israel, and there are some cool things happening there. And please keep the people of Israel in prayer. You can see God's faithfulness to Jacob all the way through. Uh, the book of Isaiah here as we study it together. And so we're glad that you're listening to the broadcast. And I just want to say, you know, as a Christian in the New Covenant, Jew and Gentile in one church, this is what I rejoice in regularly is my great deliverance by my God 
out of my captivity to my sin, fear, etc., doing everything for uh, the flesh, the world. You, you know what I'm talking about. And so we rejoice in the same way in our God as he's delivered us through Jesus Christ and brought us into the promises, brought us home. And uh, it's so good to be a Christian. Hey, if we can help you in any way with your walk with the Lord, maybe you need a recommendation on a local church, maybe you'd like to know more about Living Truth in Corona, reach out to us via email at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Hey, one other thing, we do have a phone number that you can call Tuesday through Friday where we are available, I should say a group of pastors are available, to speak to you, to pray with you, to encourage you. And that number is 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. If it makes it easier, it's 844-488-7884. You can call us on that number Tuesday through Friday about 9 to 4 Pacific time. We do have pastors here that would be happy to talk with you and pray with you. 844-48-TRUTH. See you here tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events as well. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. Donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 49 called The Second Servant Song. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.